This week's episode of the Weekly General Meeting podcast is brought to you by Aiken Promotions, who are bringing Amy Schumer to the Three Arena in Dublin on Friday 26th of August. If you don't know who Amy Schumer is, she is a fantastic comedian and she has a great TV show and she has a book out called The Girl with the Lower Back Tattoo and she has a fantastic film and she's brilliant. If you do know who Amy Schumer is, you should know that she is playing in Dublin and you should go to see that with your friends or with people that you vaguely know if you're not from the city and you're part of one of those groups that meet up to do social things together. Or alternatively, you can buy individual tickets if you want to go on your own. In any event, the point being, there are a lot of options available to you if you want to go and see Amy Schumer live. Going back to the uh, the first group who don't know Amy Schumer, it's well worth speculating on a ticket to Amy Schumer because you will not be disappointed. And if you are disappointed, you can talk to Ticketmaster, having gone to Ticketmaster.ie to get the tickets in the first place and I'm sure there'll be no problem if you need a refund. You won't want a refund because it's that good. It will be fantastic. And that is their guarantee, uh, not mine. Um, although I'll gladly guarantee it, but I, uh, there's no, just to be clear, no financial element to that. Uh, the point being, Aiken Promotions is bringing Amy Schumer to the Three Arena Dublin on the 26th of August, and it'll be brilliant. And that is the end of the ad, and that's part of the reason why I'm not allowed to do ads normally. Welcome to the Weekly General Meeting Podcast, episode 25. That's a milestone of sorts, I guess. A podcast all about creativity. Uh, This week's show is um, a special one uh, because we usually have um, Irish uh, artists on the show. Uh, But this this week we've got a a very special international guest, don't we, Neil? We do. And she qualifies because she was playing a gig in Ireland at the time. Yeah, and she qualifies just because we'd like to have her on. Absolutely. Uh, She's a a current SNL cast member she sure is how cool is that it's well you know i think it's very cool do you want to say her name i do sashir zameta is our guest this week and um it was a particularly cool interview for me to do because i have been uh, obsessed with saturday night live for a long long time um tried to persuade shane to put together a writing package uh years ago to be a writer in saturday night live yeah no. i mean I, I love saturday night Live. i like i really do but the idea of of working there terrifies me Ah, you've got to get over it. Well, I mean, it's not going to be an issue. Don't worry about it. Put you know. Okay, yeah, fine. Let's, let's stay positive about that. Yeah. 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 Anyway. The point being, point I being. love Saturday Night Live. And uh, I don't know why exactly it, it always kind of struck a nerve with me, like the idea of a showcase for like successive generations of comedic talent and writing talent and even production designers. Like uh, if any of you have ever seen the show Wicked, for example, the set design was done by the um, production designer. It's got Razzmatazz, Saturday Night Live. I was going to say, the, the season one, season two of Saturday Night Live. Uh, the, the guy that designed the set designed the set for Wicked. Yeah. But that's not necessarily what you would know Saturday Night Live for. It's prob- probably the comedy more than anything else. Yeah. And Sashir Zameta is a current cast member. She's absolutely brilliant. If you haven't seen any of her stuff, check her out on YouTube because she has like uh, stand-up, sketches... Uh, improv stuff and obviously all her SNL stuff she's really really great um, you can probably tell from the interview I was pretty nervous going into it yeah I don't blame you like she's um, American for kick, yes. for kick off you know um, 
One other thing I should admit that I snuck into 30 Rockefeller Plaza when I was on tour in the States with De Laurentos. We had a day off in New York and uh, I turned up and said I had a meeting with Fred Armisen, uh, said I was late, looked at my watch, showed them my passport, asked them if we could get a move on and uh, I got up to the SNL offices in the lifts. From you know Thirty Rock, if you've seen the series Thirty yeah, Rock, it's exact yeah. exactly the same. I was a really big fan of the show Saturday Night Live. I really liked it, and I was in New York. I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll see if I What's can. What's the worst that could happen? And you know what? The worst. I was politely ushered out by a receptionist who I gave a dollar and OCD. But you were still to. you were still in there for like like a, like ten fifteen well, minutes. A ten minutes. Ten minutes. Ten Yeah, it was great. Yeah, like I, I think it's cool. I mean, like I wouldn't, you know. Hey, the rewards are here in this intro. This is uh, literally all I have to show. That and my pass from NBC are the only things. It says Neil Conlon underneath. It says Fred Armisen. Have you still got it? Yeah, amazing. Uh, oh, maybe I can post that up on Twitter. You should totally do that. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. That's a good idea. Yeah. We should do things like that more often. Yeah. I mean, I mean that that could. I mean, do you think you could potentially get in trouble? Like the, the, the Feds or Interpol coming? You know. Uh, the singer from Interpol has a uh, <laughs> collaboration with Riza from Wu Tang Clan. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Let's check it out. No. What's uh, Chuck D up to anything? Oh, I told you this, didn't I? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, shut up, Shane. Anyway, oh, we hope you enjoyed the interview. It was good, and Saturday Night Live is good if you've never heard of it. Hooray! <laughs> Having studied improv, do you feel like uh, your character or your personality has been affected or changed as a result of studying that? Definitely. I, th- I feel like improv helps you listen in general and also be able to take what you're hearing and apply it to whatever you're going to say next. So I feel like in conversations I can tell when I'm listening and then adding to it yeah, <laughs> or I'm yeah, yes-anding yeah, yeah. Yes, someone's yeah. phrase and and also definitely in performance too. But yeah, I I've gotten a lot of comments from people who are like, oh, you really, like, listen to me. Or, like, you re- like, which is, like, it should be... It should be a basic... It should be a basic <laughs> thing. Like, we're talking. Of course I'm listening <laughs> to you. But not everyone has that skill. <laughs> and, and I do feel like improv has increased that for me. Do you know anyone that knew you before you studied improv? Oh, my stepmom, uh, like, she's a person who pointed it out and, was, and, and noticed it. It was like, oh, you're so good at, like, really reading me and, and listening to me and, and also, like, like throwing what I'm giving you back at me. Okay. And you said you don't know me. You don't know me. <laughs> <laughs> you don't know me. You're not my mom. <laughs> um, I just find it interesting because a lot, a lot of people, as far as I know, that go to Saturday Night Live from an improv background, although you have the confidence and the skill to pull something off should something go wrong, or something which it rarely seems to happen would go off in an unscripted direction on the show. You don't really get an opportunity to flex those muscles on SNL, do you? Is, would that be right? You're correct. Okay. We do not. It, everything's pretty much to the letter when yeah. we perform. Um, I haven't seen anything since I've been there where I've seen someone improvise something or, um, you know, if something goes wrong, they try to, like... I, I have dreams of that where I'm like, oh, man, if I find, <laughs> if something goes wrong, I'm going to save the sketch. I'm going to, like, say something witty and, like... <laughs> Everyone's gonna be like, "Oh my god, that joke was awesome!" What she thought of it on the spot, but that's never happened, and probably never will happen. There's a little bit of opportunity opportunity to do that uh, during weekend update. Whenever you're doing a feature, especially if it's your thing, like yeah. like Leslie, Pete, 
and I are stand-ups and Jay. So if we're doing something as ourself, then we can kind of be loose and, you know, we still have the lines on the card, on the cue cards that we're reading, but there could be opportunity to, like, say, say an aside to Colin or Che or, like, something in the audience, too. Is that easier when it's your piece because you've written it and you don't feel the responsibility of... You, yeah. Do you know what I mean? I think so because, yeah, you don't want to mess up somebody's sketch. Yeah. And if someone feels really strongly about the wording of a joke or something and yeah. then you you know don't do it the way they wanted they might not write you in a sketch again <laughs> uh, but if it's your own thing then yeah it's it's easier to take liberty with that and be like I know what I'm trying to say so if I don't say it, say it exactly the way I wrote it it doesn't matter yeah it's an interesting one isn't it because in Saturday Night Live I gather that um, there's traditionally been a difference between stand-ups and improv troops in terms of the people that work together or how they work together like the stories you hear from say the 90s where uh, maybe David Spade and Jay Moore would have a very different uh, work discipline or environment than you guys would have now, right? You're a little bit more collaborative. You're less competitive. <laughs> um, I don't. I don't. I'm gonna hit pause. Don't jerk. Um. Do you know what I'm? Do you know what yeah, I mean? it's hard. It would be hard for me to compare because yeah. I wasn't there. Yeah. Uh, me, me neither. <laughs> I mean, it's still competitive for sure, but it's also still collaborative. So I, I don't know what the differences would be, um, but we uh, we have a mix of stand up and sketch and improv people. But you kind of just find your clique. You kind of find people that you really gel with and whose sense of humor you really vibe with, and then work the way you work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God, there's there's nothing like it in comedic history, is there? It must feel amazing to be a part of it. Yeah, it's really cool. It's pretty special. That was that was one thing I wanted to ask you. If you join an institution, because Saturday Night Live, like, it's not really a show. It's an even here, like it's never really been on TV in Ireland. Yeah. But like, occasional pieces have been shown on TV, or people swapped videotapes, and then you know clips became more and more available. But we couldn't get like uh, SNL clips. Oh. Yes, on YouTube they were like blocked by NBC and stuff so a lot of people had to share torrents of SNL it's like one of the hardest Americans like oh I'm a fan of the show it's definitely one of the hardest shows to get in Europe yeah because everything else is ubiquitous like 30 Rock and sitcoms and all. that's so Even weird the Chris Gethard show is like yeah. easier to get that's Europe funny. public access but if you walk into a show like Saturday Night Live do you have less of an opportunity to be yourself because you're part of this institution and like everything you say is is poured, poured over by mm-hmm. the media you know yeah do you know what I mean do you like do, do you, you feel like you have the freedom to to be who you want to be and express yourself yes I mean yeah they want that the show wants individuals they hire people because they like you I I mean I, I can't imagine that they would want so, like just the same stuff over yeah, and over yeah. again and I feel like the people that they hire are people who definitely give themselves in all their characters and, yeah. and their performance. So, yeah, they want you. They want you to do you the best way you can do. Yeah. Otherwise, it, we wouldn't be doing well. Like I, I feel like our performances would be stifled or yeah, like yeah, something yeah. would be be hindered because we would be trying to do some mold that we didn't fit. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah I feel like we're encouraged to write in our voice and 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 try to bring ourselves to the table it doesn't always get on but <laughs> but it's on the table it's on the table it made it to the table <laughs> but um, the flip side of that is that 
in situations like this, outside of the show, you're probably expected to have a point of view on a whole host of things, you know, because you're a cast member of Saturday Night Live. You know, like, it could be, like, you're in Ireland, I can only imagine the amount of Irish-related questions you've been asked. So as an Irish, or as a SNL cast member, what's your opinion of this, that, and the other, right? Do you feel like you can just, you can answer that honestly, or do you have to represent Saturday Night Live? Can you represent yourself first, or do you... Um, so, well, I guess you mean in like interviews and yeah, stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do have to represent the show, so I do have to be careful sometimes yeah. about what I say. Like, we, uh, we can kind of talk about political stuff, but truly if someone asks straight out, who are you voting for, we can't say. No way. Because we're supposed to be impartial. Oh, And, I mean, you know, we lean a little to the left, but, <laughs> <laughs> but... We can't just straight up say we are for this because we also want uh, people from the other side to come on and yeah. be part of the show. We want everyone to be part of the show. We want any guest to pop, like anyone in history, uh, in pop culture, and the political world to want to come and be on the show if we want them to be there. Uh, so yeah, Did we you got can't. Johnson? Gary Johnson, he's like the third party candidate that's like the... Oh, I mean, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) who knows? Uh, But yeah, so to not offend anybody before they even get there, uh, we we have to kind of say mum about some things. But in general, yeah, I can put myself first and and represent myself as an individual and as a performer and not just someone who's on SNL. Yeah. But that's good. It's healthy. You know, um, I often wonder for American comedians coming to Europe, do you have more of an opportunity to do that? Because the stakes are lower, right? You know, the, me- the media don't cover SNL the way they do in the States, right? Like, right. Like, you are a funny American comedian. Yeah. That's what you are. Yeah. On a show or something. But, you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah, which is good. I have definitely done shows in America where people expect me to do stuff that I did on SNL. Really? Yeah. Oh. And we'll ask after the show, like, why didn't you do Michelle Obama? Or, like, why didn't you do this bit? Or, like, or they'll just, like, quote things to me and be like, oh, I love this joke. And I'm like, okay, but you already heard it. Like, yeah. <laughs> but there's no point in me doing that because you already know it. Why That's why is that exciting? The thing is, like, a concert. Like, a, yeah, yeah, they yeah. want to hear their, their favorite hits. Oh, California. <laughs> yeah. Um, so it's nice to go somewhere else where no one knows that. And, yeah. and they just, yeah, just know I'm a person on a TV show, but they yeah. don't really know specifics and, and just do my material and, and be me. And then people take it as a, as I give it. Yeah. <laughs> it is good though. It, it's healthy. I think for audiences as well to be presented with a different point of view, you know, because I think North American comedians are only starting to really tour Europe in the last couple of years. It certainly feels that way. You yeah. Know? Like even like big comedians like Amy Schumer and Louis C.K. are coming to places like Ireland and England, and it's great and it's really really healthy for both sides. You know, um, you know, if, if anything that we've learnt in Europe from the likes of Brexit and all sorts of things that have happened over the last couple of years is that building bridges rather than blowing them up is probably the best thing, right? Definitely. Is that something that you get an opportunity? Like, so you're in a comedy, you're you're in a comedy festival. Mm-hmm. You do like three shows in a row. Do you just go to the next city, or do you get a chance to actually meet people and, and see this city that you're playing in, be it London, be it Dublin, wherever? Um, yeah, I do. I mean, I, I like this festival because I've only had one show a day, yeah. so I have lots of hours of the day where I get to explore, yeah. which is nice. Um, and most places I go to, it's the same thing. If 
because all the shows are like late night and then I can go yeah. hang out with the people who either run the show or like if I yeah. meet somebody and see what's cool in that town. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, is it the kind of thing that feeds into your stand-up at all? A little bit. I mean, I, I try to uh, like take in the new surrounding and if I find something funny, I'll bring it up yeah. at the top of the show. I do have a joke about uh, this show I did in a city where this woman like walked out because she didn't want to hear all the race stuff that I have to talk about. And I think she was probably a person who wanted me to do SNL stuff. Are you serious? Yeah. She just like got up and walked in. Well, I I noticed that there were people that were like a little tight in the audience, so I, I was like, how are we doing? I realized that we're going through a lot of race stuff. And she goes, yeah, a lot. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> wow. Are you are you okay? Are you uncomfortable? And she goes, Ugh. I mean, it's just a lot for me. And then she stood up, and it was like her and her boyfriend. And they like made a racket, like they were knocking over beer bottles, like getting their backpacks, and then like put deuces up and like walked out like Nixon. And then I was like, what? <laughs> and she also was like, I don't want to make a big deal out of it. <laughs> And I was like, you made the biggest deal out of it. You made such a big commotion for nothing. You could have easily slipped out. What, like, And I just like kept making fun of them as they were leaving. Um, but I feel like made the rest of the room comfortable because they were like, well, even if they do feel bad, I don't feel like those jerks. Like, and I'm definitely not moving. And I'm not, yeah, now I'm not going to move because I don't want her to say anything to me. <laughs> do you find that, um, because there's obviously a very specific... Um, societal uh, situation in the United States. Like mm-hmm. A lot of conversations are finally happening, it's really, really healthy, and social injustice is being identified in a bigger way than it ever has. It's a thing that, that I think resonates with Irish people, because like for an awful long time, uh, we've had similar issues abroad in, in England or in America, and even now, like you know, Irish people in Australia will have similar issues of isolation and um, I wonder whether some of that stuff resonates with the audiences here, or do you kind of skip by the US-specific material, be it race material, be it... I still talk about race. I have been in the shows that I've been doing. Um, But I don't think that what I'm talking about is so specific to the US that people can't understand it. Because the things I'm talking about are, like, the same things that happen in other countries. Like, they're the same, like themes about one group of people not thinking another group of people is are equal to them. Uh, and that's across the world, <laughs> no matter where you are. Um, and then the stuff that, if I talk about like Black Lives Matter or like uh, police brutality or something like that, these are uh, crimes against human rights. So everyone should be concerned with it, not just America. Yeah. And people have been responding. Like, the show I just did, I, there were jokes that I were told, which would get a laugh in America, but I was getting clapping, which is great that, that people were, like, understanding it, but they were like, she said something. <laughs> she said something about it, and we understand it, so we'll, we'll clap. And then, yeah, and then I just moved on. But Everybody here is, is watching what's happening in yeah. the States day in, day out, you know? And a friend of mine... Uh, she really put her finger on it. In Ireland, I don't know, you probably wouldn't have come across it, but last year we had a massive referendum. Um, we have a constitution as well, so if we need to change something in the constitution, it goes to the public. And the Catholic Church traditionally um, didn't directly draw 
the laws, but influenced them heavily to the point where um, gay marriage was uh, against the law. And there was a referendum last year, and it was such a massive moment because people, Irish people from abroad that had left because of economic circumstances came back to vote and we passed the law to allow same-sex marriage for yeah. the first time. But that generation of people had become more uh, galvanised and less political in that they don't follow an ideology or a party, but they follow an issue. Do you know what I mean? So like, um, abortion rights here are a massive issue. Right? Mm-hmm. It's a big uh, movement to repeal the eight Basically, no matter whether uh, a woman is in severe uh, 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 physical harm, you know, dealing with uh, fatal fetal abnormality or the victim of sexual assault, they can't avail of any abortion services in Ireland. And thousands of women travel to the UK or to Europe, you know. And this whole generation of people have been uh, galvanised by this issue and by the same-sex marriage issue in kind of the same way that what seems that, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm speaking from a point of ignorance living in, in Europe, but what seems to be happening in the States is that there's a whole generation of people that have drawn a line on themselves and said, this is where it ends, this is where it stops. Is that, do you feel that? In America. With, um... We see more protests than we've ever Oh, seen. I see. Yeah, so yeah. people that are active, uh, activists for, for equal rights, uh, for social justice, that seems to be happening more. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I guess so. I mean, it, it kind of feels like, uh, uh, you know how, like, trends come come back around, like, every 20 years or so? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. this is kind of the same thing that was happening yeah. a couple decades ago. And I think every once in a while, you know, we get complacent, and then all of a sudden notice, like, whoa, it's been shitty for a minute and no one's been saying anything and I don't want to keep going like this. And then people start organizing and yeah. like getting on the street and saying things out loud and screaming and protesting and, and that's so great that we are in this time. It's a very tense time and, uh, you know, th- things could tip either way really <laughs> as far as like it could get way better or it could get way worse. Um, but it is nice that people care that people aren't just like aren't trying to like gloss over it anymore and be like well you know this is how it is yeah well, I mean you, you're the latest iteration of a skill set that goes all the way back to like before Lenny Bruce like satirists and comedians all the way back to court jesters where the people that can point at the emperor and say he has no clothes is that like a responsibility that you feel you have or, or like by the way, I realise this has gotten really heavy over the last 10 minutes, <laughs> but like I just think it's interesting because you have, a lot of people have, a, a lot of people don't have an opportunity to say, this is bullshit, by the way, and now that you're all looking at me, here are all the re- reasons you need to fix this, yeah. right? Do you have an opportunity to do this? Yeah, I do. do yeah, yeah. I don't know if I feel like, well, maybe it's my responsibility. I don't know if I think about it like that, but I do feel like I have an opportunity and I'm thankful that I have a way to voice my opinion and and point at things and be like we need to focus on this or this is wrong because if I wasn't on TV I don't know if anyone would listen <laughs> it's nice that I can be a person that people look to and 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 take interest in what I'm saying and there's still times where I'm like I don't know what to do I I have these feelings I want to fix something but I don't know how and and you know 
thankfully sometimes charities will come around or like there'll be a benefit show or there'll be an interview or like a something will come around where I can say something. Um, but that's not something that happened before a couple years ago. Yeah. Well, for what it's worth, um, and being Irish, giving compliments is not easy, so bear with me. You should be really, really proud of your work because it's resonated um, in places like Ireland. And I think that like you've always done uh, that element of your work flawlessly executed perfectly and it's the kind of thing that people respond to well even if they don't happen to be American but like I said the human side of it always resonates with people so it's, it's been a real privilege to talk to you oh Thanks. one last question yeah a lot of people that uh, listen to this podcast are uh, working in culture in some way shape form the writers and filmmakers and musicians if you had one piece of advice to give them based on your experiences to date or people they've met lessons they've learnt what would that be no pressure Hmm. I would say really um, talk to people. Like if you are a person that's trying to help other people, truly ask people what they need. Because sometimes people don't need money; they need like resources. And and I think I feel like a lot of times people like raise a lot of money for something, but then don't really allocate it in the way it's supposed to. Um, and then and also don't be scared to uh, say how you feel. If a lot, and sometimes musicians or artists or comedians or whoever uh, will will do a do a big benefit show or do a do a fundraiser, but they won't say how they feel. And sometimes people really need that. Sometimes people really need to hear how you feel about a certain issue, so that they you know, like, thank God, I'm not crazy. Other people can see this, and they can see me. And otherwise, it just feels like they're being ignored, and the issues being ignored, and the, and no one's actually trying to like look at them. Some people just want to be seen. So, if if you can do that in any way with your work, that would be ideal. Brilliant. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate it. I know the timing was terrible. It's okay. It took you off stage. <laughs> <laughs> a really no. in-depth conversation, but we really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for talking to me. Much. Cheers. That was Neil chatting to Sashir Zameda uh, at the Vodafone Comedy Festival there last month. Uh, good on you, Neil. That was pretty cool. Thanks. Very cool. Yeah. So um, yeah, you can uh, you can uh, read more about Sashir at Sashir.com. We actually what? ended up hanging around with her for a while, myself and Adish, our producer. Did you know? Yeah, it was good actually. God, I'm a bit jealous now. Um, yeah. Speaking of which, we would like to say thank you to a few people. Um, uh, not least Bren at Aiken for uh, helping us get this interview together and Eilish Bracken, our producer, who very ably helped us out get this uh, thing off the ground in general. And to uh, Emma Butt, who mixed and mastered this episode um, masterfully, uh, if I do say so myself. Yes, absolutely. And uh, yeah, so uh, th- obviously thanks to Sashir Zameda for, for, doing, for doing the interview with you. You can check her out at uh, sashir.com. Did that, I did that. Cool, well, you still can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you can also check us out at theweeklygm.com. Yeah, or on Twitter, or on Facebook, or on Instagram. SoundCloud, famously. Yeah. iTunes, where yeah. you can rate and, and review the, the podcast, like some very nice people have already done, which was great. Thank yes, you. Yes, very much appreciated. Um, yeah, so we will be back next week with a very, very special episode. Bit, a little bit off format. You know the one I'm talking about? Nope. No? 
Oh, is it the one with the... It's the one about the island. Oh! Yeah. All right. Yeah. I didn't realise you'd finished that one. That's great. No, I haven't finished it yet, but me saying this now means I have to get it done. For, yeah, it totally does. Week. This yeah, is exciting. So, yeah, it's going to be a good one. It, well, I hope so. It's going to be a different one anyway. Uh, we're aiming for it to be good as well. Yes, we've got uh, incidental music. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll get that sorted out as well, yeah. I've done it. Have you? I sent it to you. Did you? I sent you like six or seven different songs. Did you? Yeah. Oh. Oh, Yeah. Um, okay great well uh, we'll be back for that and there'll be lots of good stuff there so that'll be something to look forward to we'll be back next week with with that brand new episode so uh, chat to you then bye